This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is February 16th, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Hi, this is Dawn Forgione, and I was at Hofstra Radio from 1976 to 1979 when I graduated. Okay. And uh, did you have any uh, titles or positions of management at the station? Uh, yes, I was the news director, and also I hosted a show called The Universal Woman. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what other shows or programs did you work on while you were at the station? So when I uh, first started at the station, I was a um, I was interested in sports. I had actually had been the, a sports reporter for the Chronicle for the newspaper, and um, I was do, uh, doing color for the basketball games, and so mm-hmm. that's how I got started. Then I was a, a, a news reporter. <laughs> And then I worked my way up to being uh, a news director. So yeah, I was um, I was I was not a technical person. I was more uh, creative and uh, and on air and on camera because I had participated in the television studio as well. Okay, okay. When you were on the air, did you use your own name? Did you have any nicknames or aliases? So I used my own name, um, particularly uh, the Universal Woman Show, which um, is always my favorite to think about, to talk about, uh, because the the scope and the color was so different back in the 70s. But um, the only thing that was different about that was that I changed my voice so that I, to to kind of match the Universal Woman and to be, uh, to just, I was trying to be more universal in my accent, which actually Mm. you can hear right now is, very New York, even though I've lived in Florida for 35 years. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it's always there. It's always there. Yeah. We, we all have it lurking, I suppose, those of us who have it. So that's, that's, that's fun. Um, so you kind of hinted this, at this already, you know, what brought you to the radio station. But I like to ask this as a two-part question. So what was it that brought you to Hofstra Radio? And then if you could describe what was it like when you got there? Where was it? Do you remember anybody that you met? Uh, when you first got to the station? So um, uh, what happened was uh, I came to Hofstra University. I was a a theater major and broadcast journalism. Uh, So again, like I I was more interested in the time and being in front of the camera. I wanted to be a sports reporter, sports announcer, like that. So I started um, in the theater. I then moved on to doing some the tele working with the television and really got hooked on the radio and and loved the radio so i pretty much started you know my first year which was in 1976 just doing odd jobs but again i wasn't the most technically oriented so yeah it was definitely mm. <laughs> reporting on camera things like that uh, we were located in the basement uh, i think it was the little theater mm-hmm. um, nothing like what uh, the radio station looks like today which uh it's kind of cool because I hadn't had a chance to go back for about 20 years, but my daughter followed me and became a, a Hofstra alum and very, very active in the radio station. So, yes, we were in the basement. <laughs> yeah, we were now, in the basement. Now, did you have an expectation of what a radio station would look like uh, before you got to the station under the little theater? Because a lot of people have, have some descriptive uh, adjectives and, and ways of talking about what it was like or what their expectations were. So it was all really new to me because um, I had had more of a television and stage background because um, mm-hmm. I started, you know, I was in theater as a kid. And then I worked, I did some, uh, when I was in high school, I worked as an intern at Eyewitness News. So I was really more familiar with television. Uh, I fell into the radio and then really loved it. 
Um, I love the people that I worked with. Uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I just had, I just had such a great time. So, uh, as far and that again, you know, being that I'm not a technical person, uh, I, and I look back and I laugh and I think about what it was like back then to edit, uh, film tape going on a an interview as a, a cub reporter with my little cassette recorder and my mm -hmm. microphone and then going back so i didn't have any expectations uh but uh, it's very interesting how different it was back then than what what uh the radio station and broadcasting in general is today mm. so you've mentioned a couple of times that that you weren't uh you know that comfortable with with some of the tech stuff but there must have been some amount of training or introduction into how the studios work and you know if you're going to take a, a recorder out or do some field work was there was there any sort of formal training or was it just sort of watch and observe and ask questions and figure it out as you go uh, back then, not really any formal training. There was more formal training in terms of like, uh, you know, I took journalism classes and, and, and preparing copy and things like that as far as, um, you know, writing news stories and, and presenting them and things. Uh, but, you know, in, the, in those days, you like I remember when we were covering a, a political convention, you know, you again, you went with a little cassette recorder and your microphone and then you went back to the studio and you splice the tape and <laughs> so yeah um it it, it it wasn't as technical the classes i remember one of my first early television classes where they taught you how to how to learn how to wrap the ropes around you but that was mm -hmm. about it in terms mm -hmm. of technical yeah tech, uh, as far as that goes yeah we didn't really have technical classes at the time if that wasn't your thing you know and that wasn't i wasn't in engineering that wasn't really my interest or background. It was more about reporting on air um, and, and that aspect of being involved in the radio station. Mm. I, I think a number of people have talked about that there was often a dedicated engineer for a certain time period, and there may be different programs during that two or three hour window, and there'd be a variety of hosts and staff announcers. Is that, does that sound right to your yes, experience? Yes, exactly. You know, I remember George Musgrave, he, mm -hmm. he was an, he was an amazing, amazing engineer and, and one of the, you know, more popular um, people at the station. But uh, yeah, no, I never was in a position like that, um, but I loved it. I, I loved my Universal Woman show. Uh, it was really because these were interesting times. You know, this was the mid to late seventies when women were just coming into their own, and the, we used to spotlight uh, females in you know in politics and business, and it was a big deal in those days, right? Um, mm -hmm. Many women were, were really getting you know they they like back then. I had one friend in medical school, right? Where today, among female friends, where today mm -hmm. you know half the women. Um, physicians. So anyway, that's, yeah, that's, that, that was kind of my, uh, my position at the radio. Mm. And, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this sounds like a really interesting program that, that was this an idea that you developed? And then if, if so, how did you go about getting permission or, or approval to go and do the show? And like, do you remember, did you have a pitch? Did you have to talk to Jeff Krauss? Like, how did that go? How did that come about? So um, it, the show had been in existence prior um, to me taking over and becoming the host. Uh, and, and then I just kind of ran with it. 
and look for women. Um, I had been working on a local newspaper at the time. And again, I was still involved with some broadcasting in Manhattan. And so um, I was just always very curious. I was definitely, I loved reporting. I mean, today they still call me Scoop Bennett, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would scoop out, <laughs> I would scoop out people and women that, um, you know, that I thought would, uh, would make a great topic and an interesting conversation and what it was like for them in the working world. You know, things that today would make you laugh because it's so common, you know? Um, so I think that, that, that it was really a show uh, ahead of its time, you know, because of that this, the position and the women that we did find, you know, hmm. physicians that were in research and women that worked at Chemical Bank that were senior vice presidents and women in politics. So uh, that was probably that and, you know, doing the, the color for the basketball and being a sports reporter, because I, I, I loved sports then, you know, so mm. <laughs> that was I, my I, dream. Sorry, I, I'd love to hear more about the, the Universal Woman program, but you, you mentioned the, the sports uh, your interest in sports. And, and I've, I've spoken with a number of women who've worked at the station over time. And, and it's not to say that the sports reporters or the sports department were uh, exclusive of women or they weren't, women weren't welcome, but oftentimes it was generally a group of guys. It could be a couple guys. It could be 10 or a dozen, something like that, that it was, there weren't many women who worked within the sports department at the station. And that, that right. changed uh, a little bit after my time in the 1990s, more women. And now today uh, there are women sports directors and, and reporters and at, at the station who go on to these careers. And it's, it's amazing to talk to and, and hear the difference in the generations. So I wonder if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit to your feelings as a young woman reporter trying to get on the air within the sports department at the time. Yes, yeah, so you're absolutely right. I mean, there weren't really any women that were um, interested in sports reporting. I just was, I mean, I was a, a tomboy, so I was really interested in football and basketball. I used to go to sleepaway camp with my hockey stick and everything like that. So when I first decided to really dive into journalism, um, I, for, I w went to work at the Chronicle, the newspaper, mm -hmm. and I was doing my first sports report, if you wanted to call it that, was, you know, a story on, on the steam room at the athletic center, you know, and I worked my way up to the games, which is, uh, that's why I, I laugh and it's so great. I mean, things were so innocent then. And then I really, really, really wanted to do color for the basketball, um, for anything, just to get my, to work, you know, with my way and get that experience because that, you know, at the time, that was my dream to, uh, which is, to be a sports reporter. Which mm. I ended going in a different direction, but um, yes. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, of course, it was definitely different. It was very unusual. But um, my mentor at the time, he was real, you know, really sweet, fun, and gave me the opportunity. So um, I, I, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely, I don't can't recall many other women. I yeah, I think in the seventies. Yeah, I think Karen Hamble Montalbano did some engineering uh, about that era, but there weren't many uh, other women working in the department. But who who were some of the guys who were there at the time? Do you remember maybe who Jimmy the sports director Hellscott. was? Uh huh. Oh, uh, the the uh, the sports director. I can't remember his last name. 
was uh, there was we had a couple of gyms, but Jim uh, I can't remember his last name, but Jim Helfgott was you know engineering and Steve Krause. Um, we uh, those were some of the guys that I remember. Um, Steve uh-huh. Gattiano. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the people that I worked with. Yeah. Um, usually, I ask if you remember getting on the air for the first time, but since we're talking about this, do you remember getting on the air and, and doing a basketball game do you, uh, the first time? No, or, or not what really. Like? I just, well, you know, because again, I wasn't by myself. I was with Jimmy, but um, no, not really. I just remember really enjoying it and uh, really wanting to pursue that. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. But then I became news director and that was a pretty big job. And, uh, you know, so I was focusing more on the news at that time. Mm. It, it sounds like between the radio station and the Chronicle, and I think you mentioned some other TV stuff. It sounds yes. like you were awfully busy at the time. I was. I was in the soap operas uh, for the the television. And yeah, I definitely, you're right, I was. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my life now, you know. <laughs> realtor by day, singing and dancing by night. But um, yes, yeah, I, I, I was trying to hit, um, I guess, all of the uh, broadcasting and the, uh, all of the journalism facets to see where I would land. And I ended up actually in public relations. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so, so again, going back to getting started at the station. So, so you show up and, and you're observing and, and sort of getting an idea of, of how the place works. Um, again, it doesn't have to be real specific, but do you remember getting on the air the first time or being uh, behind the microphone the first time, if not specific time or place, like your feelings yeah. or how excited or nervous you might have been? So I, I remember the first time going up to the office there and everybody was so nice. Um, mm. It maybe it reminded me of like being back when I was in theater as a kid. Everybody was really friendly and fun and engaging because I was very shy and I was very nervous and they all made me feel very welcome and, and brought me in, um, you know, as far as the show goes, you know, going on air, it's funny because going on air, I wasn't that nervous only because I had been in theater since I was about 10, you know, 10 uh-huh. years old. I had done as a kid. So I was accustomed to performing. Um, and I loved the content for some reason I was a woman's liver, <laughs> but mm-hmm. back then, and I was young, I went to college, I started college at 16. So I was still very young. Um, and, uh, I just, uh, I loved it. I loved the people again. They were just wonderful. Uh, it was just a wonderful community. And, um, I, I shared these experiences with my children and my daughter. That's why she went and followed in my footsteps mm. and went to Hofstra got involved in the radio. So. Um, I, I, at the risk of, of, I don't know, it's not being anachronistic, but, but uh, you, you mentioned the term women's liver and I imagine there's some people <laughs> funny, right? who are going to listen to this <laughs> who aren't as old as you and I, who may not know yeah. what that means at that time. So do you yeah. mind explaining a little bit about that? Give us some context about what that meant to be a women's liver in the late 1970s. Oh my gosh! Well, I guess the I guess you could say that a lot of women that um, I was friends with, that I went to college with, um, they went to college and then you know they a lot of them wanted to just get married and have family and children and everything. And then there was us. Then the women's liber, you know, I am moving on and I, you know, the me generation and and wanting to be independent and uh, you know step into 
a man's role, or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the sports reporting, you know, and how we say back then, you know, you didn't have, see many women doing men's jobs and things like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think so. That's really what it was all about. It's kind of like what what the way women are today. Anyway, they're so independent. They're so confident. Um, I just love it. I, I love looking at you know, younger women today, like my daughters, mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, a women libbers in their own way. <laughs> well, so, it's, it's, yeah. it reminds me of some <laughs> other antiquated terms and I hate saying this, yes. these things, but yeah. I remember, you know, that, that some women, you know, when, during my parents' time, a little bit before you, that some women went to college to get their MRS degree. They weren't oh, necessarily yeah. looking really for a degree, <laughs> but, <Right>. but <laughs> you know, it's, it's just to make people, to help people understand what yes. the context was for you going to to Hofstra University? You're looking to make a career. You're looking to do something right. for yourself. Yes, it, it's a very different mindset than it is today. Yeah, that's so funny because that's exactly what I was thinking. The MRS, but I didn't want anyone to get mad at me. But yes, they were going for their MRS degree. I was going for my BA. <laughs> And uh, you know what? I grew up with men. I, my father, my brother. Um, so th- I didn't really know any different, you know. Mm. So that was really, uh, and so that was kind of the direction that I went in. And uh, yeah, the, it's really funny. And uh, so, well, that, that was my next question: is how <laughs> how supportive was your your family in you pursuing this? And this is not, you know, the 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 typical college career. You're not necessarily going to study to be a lawyer or a teacher or uh, you know, uh, an administrator or something like that. This is the performing arts and radio. This wasn't necessarily something people were aware of that you could do for a career. So did you have support from your family in pursuing these interests? Absolutely. I, I had the best dad, my father. Um, you know, he, when I, wherever I was performing, he was traveling to see me. He supported me, you know, with Hofstra, you know, as soon as I had gotten a, a part in one of the shows, he let me move on to campus, even though we lived 20 minutes away. Mm. And so he just thought it was great. And he understood that I was a, a creative person. And, um, you know, and you grow up with boys, you know, you don't, you don't know any different. And I've been working ever since. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Great years, just great, great, great times. I I, th- I think you yeah. kind of mentioned this before, but I wanted to double back. When when you came to Hofstra, were you aware that there was a radio station, or did you just sort of find out about it through you know information <laughs> on campus? So exactly, I kind of just found out about it uh, because my direction when I went to Hofstra was to be really involved in theater, right. and then I quickly learned about the broadcast journalism. I started kind of the television, but that same year, then I fell into the radio. So no, um, I hadn't even thought about radio before, hmm. uh, which is interesting. It's kind of same thing happened with my daughter Brittany, but um, yeah, and then I fell into it, and then I loved it because again. I felt that the people were so warm and engaging and I learned so much, you know, I learned so much and it helped both boost my confidence and everything like that. So mm. yeah, the, they were amazing, amazing times. But, you know, again, you know, Hofstra, those were different. Hofstra wasn't known for what they're known for today, right? This right. amazing broadcasting department that kind of blew me away when I went there uh, to visit my daughter was in school. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned starting at Hofstra when you were, I think you said 16. Um, yes. I, I imagine it sounds like socially at the station, people were very welcoming and made you feel comfortable 
right away. Was that the case or did it take you a little while to warm up to the social uh, uh, atmosphere there? No, again, you know, the people were very nice. So a lot of people from out of the area, as well as local uh, people, of course, yeah, they were, you know, three, four, maybe six years older than me. Um, but, you know, coming from a theater background and I, 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 I really, I, I felt very comfortable, but the, they were all wonderful people. I, mm. I, I just, I pictured the whole scene right now in that, in the, uh, in the office, the newsroom, you know, um, just everybody being so wonderful. And, uh, I, I it, those they were great times, and I never stopped talking about it. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, they were really great times. That's yes. great. I, I wonder if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about uh, Jeff Krause, and I don't know if you remember meeting him or interacting with him at all. But uh, he was such an important presence uh, at the station at the time. What do you remember about Jeff? Yes, I do. So he was. To, I, I, you know, it's funny when I look back and I think about him, he was, to me, in my, he was very sophisticated and smart. I remember that pipe in there. And, mm -hmm. uh, and just a, a very serious and very influential, um, such a knowledgeable man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, re I guess I remember most about him. Yeah, but, I... I'm yeah. I'm constantly re reflecting on me because because I'm I'm getting older and thinking about you know age and things like that. But at the time, you know, he was still a relatively young man. He would have been in, a, I guess, about his thirties at the time. Wow! But he gave off an air of being someone a little bit older and a little bit like I think exactly. so sophisticated. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that he was in his thirties, right? Because if I look back and I think about him, I would think about him as a man, a middle aged man, and everything because of the way he carried himself and. And, uh, you know, so it was just wonderful. And you know what? That was something that I wasn't accustomed to, um, you know, so it was such a positive and, and a plus for me. As someone who was a very serious person, mm -hmm. you know, I came from this silly, uh, you know, uh, theater cookie <laughs> background. And, 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 and I learned a lot. That's why that was, you know, that was another characteristic that was good for my development, too. Yeah, I think a number yeah. of people have, have described it, you know, as as sort of a refuge for misfits and oddballs and extroverts <laughs> and creative people. And it, it, it sounds like, you know, throughout the ages and I, whether it's your time or my time or, or more recent times, I think there's always a place for for folks like that at Hofstra Radio. So it's it's nice yeah, to hear yeah. that that was right. true it was the melting the time. pot. Yes, right. it was definitely the melting pot of personalities. And, um, uh, wonderful. Do you remember any good advice that you got from anybody about how to do reporting or how to be on the air or any good suggestions that you had at the time? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to think about, well, you know, that's when I really learned about honesty and mm. listening. I mean, that's what it takes to be a good reporter, um, to listen, to, uh, report the facts and, uh, and really to get the, you know, to scoop out as much information as you can. <laughs> and uh, all of that, you know, all of those details and, and advice um, mm. carried on. And really, you know, even though I didn't go into broadcasting, uh, after I graduated, went to, I went into public relations. Um, all of those lessons, those life lessons from the radio station have carried on into any business um, that I've been in since then, and, and now um, as an adult, also uh, 
an older adult, I'm doing theater again and singing and all that. So that's, I, I just look back on those days and all, it really was a, it really was a well-rounded ground, you know, fabulous experience for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, going back to the Universal Woman program and, and getting yeah. that, taking that over and inviting these guests. And do you, did you get a sense of uh, at any point that you were really, you felt this was a great program for you, that this was the right place that you wanted to be? Was there a moment or a guess where you thought, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to be. I feel like this is going well. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And cause like I said, um, you know, I was, uh, I felt like the universal woman mm -hmm. <laughs> all, you know, at the time I probably, when I had that show, I was probably about now I was about 17, eight, maybe 18, you know, but so I was so universal, but um, <laughs> I did. And, uh, and yeah, no, it just, it felt, it felt like home, right. It felt like home and it was inspiring and exciting for me, um, to talk to these women and ask them how they got to where they were. And um, it kind of led the way for me, and and really, and it was kind of like the foundation and the path that I continued and have, and I've been working ever since. You know, mm. I, I've been working many years. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, you you kind of answered this already, but I like I like to sort of wrap up with this with this thought that if you could go back in time and, and your mindset as a freshman, as, as a, as a young woman, as a teenager going to the radio station, what did you, what did you hope it would be at that moment? Can you imagine, can you remember what it was like? What did you hope? And then what did it become? So, um, you know, my initial thing was like radio, like glamour, right? Like mm. I, I thought of radio, television, I think as, as a young person with broadcasting was more about glamour being in front of the camera. Um, and, and really what it turned into was more of an education and it, I, you know, I, I did things that took me out of my comfort zone. Okay. Mm. So for instance, covering political stories, right. Um, politics was never my, my thing, but it forced me to do that. And that was amazing. And, um, and then meeting all these different people and like we talked about before the melting pot of personalities. And so what started out to me is what I thought would be like glamorous, you know, um, became like such a wonderful life's lesson. And, mm. and again, you know, responsibility, um, taking on, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, trying new things, uh, you know, who I never thought that, that like I'd have the confidence to have my own radio show and go out and research and, and find talent, you know, cause that was my thing and have to like really, you know, call people strangers and interview them. And, you know, so gosh, it really, it, it really turned into a totally different experience than, you know, being a starlet, mm. <laughs> which, which was my initial thing when I went to Hofstra. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Great times. Wow. What a journey. Thank you so much for sharing your oh stories. Gosh. This has been a lot of fun and, and I, I have so many more questions. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully you have some more stories and we can do this uh, again sometime. Oh, Brian, thank you so much. Yeah. It's really been fun thinking and talking about the good old days and, and really reflecting on how it has been the foundation for the person I am today. So the universal grandma. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Brian. You, you really, it's been a great time. I appreciate it. <laughs>